0: Don't anticipate.
1: <laughs> oh, true, true, true.
0: Yeah, we get him on the next one. Good morning. Welcome to Crossbridge in Marshfield. Sorry I'm a two minutes late preacher. It'll never happen again. <laughs> Why does my earpiece keep going in and out? Okay, so you put on. Huh? You put on. I'm like what? You put on. Oh yeah. Wow, you guys are good. I look down and look up, and you're all standing at me. What? Hi. <laughs> same old run miles and miles. You've been hearing the same old voice and the same old eyes. If you try dead in the dead of night give off ball-
1: Amen. Here's the preacher. Amen. Thank you, guys. Great way to open. All right. I'm glad to be here this morning. Thank you for letting me have last Sunday off. We spent some time in the deer woods and passed on a lot of deer, but we had fun. We had a blast. But I'm glad to be back here with you guys this morning. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll get started with our welcoming time. Lord Jesus I thank you, God, for the opportunity to be here today, Lord, to, to preach your word, to share your word, to lift our voices in song to you, Lord, to give to you, uh, and all those things, Lord. We just worship and glorify and honor you for who you are, Lord. Thank you for loving us, for dying for us. Thank you for this church, Lord, and the people that you've placed in our lives. And, uh, Lord, be with us today as we worship you in all things we glorify and honor you, Lord. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
0: Hello, I'll have a blue Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I got your attention. <laughs> All right, let's praise the Lord. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah. I a
1: You may be seated this morning. Got a uh, sign-up sheet here for the women's Christmas party. So ladies, we're going to start this. The time is 6 p.m. on December 9th here at the church. We're going to start it on the right side today. If you would like, Shelly, can you get that one started for us? So women's Christmas party. Uh, Today, I know we have some announcements. Jeannie, where's Jeannie at? Jeannie and Dana, I think, wanted to come up and say a few things. I think this is about Thanksgiving meal today, correct? So, today is our Crossbridge Thanksgiving dinner, tonight at 5.30 to 8.30, so they have some stuff they're going to say. There you go.
2: Uh, there is a sign-up sheet going around. We haven't done done this sign-up sheet before. It's uh, just for attendance, so we know how many people are coming tonight, so we can know how many tables to set up, so if... It should be going around somewhere please sign up if you're planning on attending um, also we're going to send around uh, the sign up sheet for food um, if you just a reminder if you've already signed up a reminder of what you signed up to bring um, that can be dropped off downstairs uh, five o'clock fi- anywhere from five to five thirty. the goal is to start eating at five thirty. please label your dishes so that just kidding, you don't have to, but uh, make sure you come and get your dishes afterwards. Um, and the variety show, we have six people, seven acts signed up at this time. And we're gonna send that around, it's not too late. You can, you can do it, you can sign up. Shelly Jones, oh, Okay. All right. Um, so next week we're gonna send around a sign up though for the float. Tommy's in charge of the float, and so just so you guys know, next week, if you guys are planning on doing the float, start looking at your calendars. It's on December 3rd, so please start thinking about if you want to help the float, if you want to be in the float, like the parade and stuff. It's at 7 p.m., but if you want to help that day, we're going to be starting probably around 10, 11 in the morning. We are setting up right after church today, so if you guys wouldn't mind... Putting your chairs in stacks of like five, that would help us out a lot. Thank you.
1: When is the Christmas parade again? December 3rd. December 3rd, okay. December 7, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. on December 3rd is the Christmas parade. Okay, so Crossbridge Dinner, if you didn't sign up, please sign up. We have so much fun tonight. It is, it's just a blast. We have a good time. Um, 5.30 to 8.30 tonight, Christmas or thank Christmas, Thanksgiving dinner. Christmas is going to be here before we know it. But also Wednesday night. Normally we have Wednesday night services on Wednesday night. No Wednesday night service this week. So we let people have the night off so you can travel, get ready for Thanksgiving the next day. So no Wednesday night uh, services this week. Um, free, uh, freeway, we will have freeway next Saturday night, normal time uh, at 5.30 um, for freeway. We're, what, no freeway next Saturday? They can't, okay, my bad. No freeway next Saturday. No freeway next Saturday night. No, free, I even have that down here. What am I thinking? No freeway next Saturday on the 26th. No Wednesday night class this week. The following Wednesday, the activities team has on November 30th, it's a Wednesday night. We call it the hanging of the green. It's where we decorate the church for Christmas. They put up the Christmas trees. So that night, uh, on Wednesday night, November 30th, upstairs here, Everybody will come up. If youth wants to, they can, or if they have class here, have, probably have class. They're going to be working on the Christmas program. But the kids, uh, the, any of the adults, come up here. We'll decorate uh, on Wednesday, November 30th. Also, breakfast this week, a uh, ladies' breakfast, is Friday at 8.30 a.m. at the Prickly Cactus. This Friday, ladies, breakfast uh, at, the, at the Prickly uh, Cactus. Any, did I forget anything? Anything I forgot on announcements? Yes. Oh, yeah, youth trip. What's going on? Come here, Trey. I don't even know all the details. You just need to tell them. Youth trip. It's on. Come on. Savannah and I are planning a youth trip for, for all the kids to go to Freeway Headquarters on December 10th. We'll be meeting at the church. We want to leave no later than 445. And we're going to take the church bus, and we're going to go to Freeway Headquarters, which is in Springfield, and then we'll be back that same night. So if you guys want your kids to go, then it'll be a great opportunity to see what's going on at the headquarters as well. John Stroop will be preaching Is that tonight. a Saturday? It's a Saturday. Saturday. Night. Yep, that's it. Okay, perfect. Saturday, December 10th. December 10th, youth trip. Uh, let Trey or Shelly and Joel know if they're leaving here at 445 and going to Freeway Headquarters. Any questions? Any questions or or any other announcement I forgot? Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering and have our time of worship today. So let's bless our morning offering together. Lord Jesus, I thank you again for the opportunity to be here this morning. And Lord, as we give back to you, we give back our best, Lord. Uh, Just take this and and use it to further your kingdom, uh, Lord, and and, uh, to fund our missionaries. And Lord, uh, it's an act of worship. So Lord, we worship you today in song and in giving, and, and we just love you, Lord. There's so many things we can be thankful for, Lord, that... Many times we're just not, and, and Lord, I pray today that um, we're celebrating Thanksgiving this week. And today, as we talk about it, there's so many things that Scripture teaches us we should be thankful for, and Lord, the most important one is you. And so, uh, Lord, we worship you today, and I love you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. How great. Thank you guys. If you would turn in your Bibles this morning to Psalms 103. Psalms 103. The children, uh, second grade and below, can go downstairs to Children's Church if they would like to. Psalms 103, verses 1 through 5. So we're jumping out of the whole armor of God this week. I want to talk about this passage in in light of uh, Thanksgiving this week. Good reminder for us. Psalms 103, 1 through 5. Psalm 103, 1 through 5. It says this Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you again this morning uh, just for the opportunity to be here, God, to worship you. Uh, Lord, and as we look at this, and this week we celebrate a holiday which a lot of us love, and and it's a time that we can look back and be thankful, Lord, for all that you've given us. Many times I think, Lord, we just have... We just don't we, we focus on the bad instead of the good a lot of times. And um, Lord, there's so many things we can be thankful for, and your word teaches us several right here. And so Lord, as we expound on these, I pray, pray that you get all the praise and all the glory. It's in your name, I do pray. Uh, amen. You may be seated. So I recognize somebody this morning. Um, she just got back uh, today. She spent 13 weeks getting screamed at, running a lot, but she has graduated with a new title. And she's a United States Marine. So stand up, Kaylee. Congratulations. I'm glad you're here. Ten-day. Ten-day leave, right? Leave Tuesday to go back. She's going to she's going to, Par, uh, to uh, San Diego to Camp Pendleton to MCT next. So I'm very thankful for our Marines and soldiers and sailors and Coast Guardsmen and everybody who serves. Because without their service and protecting our freedom, we don't have the freedom to assemble here today. And we're an underground church. And there's a lot of our brothers and sisters around the world Guys that are in the underground church right now They don't have the freedom to come and worship And that's something else we can be thankful for uh, today So this week we are, we're celebrating Thanksgiving And uh, the pilgrims, they, they landed at Plymouth Rock about 300 years ago And they didn't know anything about the times that we have right now They didn't have McDonald's to go through if they were hungry They couldn't pull over at come and go and fill up with gas and get a soda uh, It was a lot, lot different back then uh, and, and our country is a, a, a lot different now. Um, and and, I, and I, I start with that because I think the next time that we want to complain uh, about inflation, and I've done that <laughs> a lot lately, or the uh, state of the economy, we need to, which I've done that a lot about that lately too, which I think we could get better at, but um, I, I think we should also remember the, the long winter that they had that first time at Plymouth Colony. Seven times as many graves were dug for those that were dying, that those had homes for the living. Uh, the ship that was supposed to bring food and relief didn't bring any food and relief. It brought 34 more, uh, 35 more mouths to feed. The pilgrims didn't have very much, but they had a great gratitude for what God had given them. And that was what America was built upon. That's how we started with gratitude. Uh, and, and they were thankful, and they were strong, and they were resilient, and they loved the Lord, and they were, that was a center. Of what they built. In, their, in, their, uh, in some of the first early towns that they built. You know what was at the very center of most of those towns? The church. The church. It was foundational. Foundational that they would go and worship the Lord Jesus. And, and that's what our country is built upon. There were times when some of the pilgrims only would, were ration Five kernels of corn a day to eat. When I come here tonight for our Thanksgiving meal... We should be very, very thankful that we get more than five kernels of corn. Uh, I think five, five kernels of Selena's sweet corn would not go very far with me for Thanksgiving dinner. So we, we have a lot to be thankful for. And there's a lot. And, I, and I, literally, I think, guys, we, we do sometimes, uh, and, and me especially, I'm talking to myself, we can get a bad attitude uh, about what we have and don't have. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't hold people accountable and we shouldn't be critical. We need to be critical of things, and there's a lot right now. Going on in our country, this Defense of Marriage Act, uh, I may preach a sermon on that next week, I don't know. But the Defense of Marriage Act that uh, just got passed this week, and probably the Senate's going to end up, House's going to end up passing it. Uh, it is an attack on religious freedom. It's an attack on, on you and what you believe. Uh, they call it the Defense of Marriage Act, but what it is, is it's really um, it's, it's redefining what marriage is, and it's not scriptural. And so when it's, an, it's an attack on the church. So there's a lot of things we can be upset about, but there's also a lot of things we can be thankful for. And God's Word points some of those out. Psalms 103, 1 through 5 uh, gives us some things here that I want to focus on today. The first one is mentioned in verse 3, where, where it says, uh, he, Who forgives all of your iniquities? It's talking about forgiveness. What's iniquity? It's sin. And I think, guys, we forget about this way too much. The forgiveness that we have through Christ That should be something that should be mindful on our hearts and on our minds, what he has forgiven us from and what he saved us from. And we should be thankful for that year-round. It shouldn't just be something that I talk about today or at Thanksgiving. Micah 7.19 says this, He will again have compassion on us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all of our sins into the depths of the sea. All right, when, I, when I read that and I think about the depths of the sea, I asked my family last night, I said, Does anyone know what the deepest part of the ocean is? So I'm going to ask you guys, that row's not allowed to answer. Anyone know what the deepest part of the ocean is? Go ahead and say it. Yeah. Yeah. The Mariana Trench is the deepest part, but there's a specific part of the Mariana Trench. Anyone know? It's got a name. You know because you looked it up. Tell them what it is. It's called the Challenger Deep of the Mariana Trench. It's named after a submarine, the Challenger, that went and did a discovery of the Mariana Trench. It is 35,876 feet deep. Now, in comparison, Mount Everest is 29,032 feet tall. So it is literally like 6,000 more feet Deep or tall than Mount Everest at the bottom. So there's when you, when you read of that and you think about our sins being put in the depths of the ocean in the deepest part, that, should, that shows us that God offers us forgiveness and he gets rid of that sin and that iniquity. When he forgives us, he forgives us. And all we have to do is forsake and repent that sin, forsake of the sin, put our trust in Him. And God will revoke that penalty, forgive us, and offer us that forgiveness. No matter what we've done, no matter what the sin, God offers forgiveness. Psalms 103.12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed Our transgressions from us. I love that reminder because the east is from the west is infinite. That's how far he takes our sins. So from the depths of our heart, when we think about the forgiveness that God offers us and the forgiveness, brothers and sisters, that he's given us, we should be very grateful. There should be a sense of gratitude that comes up. Because why? Jesus forgave us. He took our penalty on the cross. In order to receive that forgiveness, it's not difficult. The gospel's not hard. We can never make the gospel hard. All you have to do is acknowledge you need forgiveness. Scripture teaches in in Romans 3.10, None is righteous, no, not one. So nobody's done good. Everybody's in sin. Everybody's violated God's law. Romans 3.23 says that, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So what we have to do is acknowledge that we're sinners and put our faith and trust in Christ. And when you do that, you receive his forgiveness. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, when you, no matter what bad things are happening in life, maybe in your own personal life, in the life of our country with where we're at right now, it doesn't matter. It, it, in the big scheme of things, it doesn't matter. When you think about the forgiveness that Christ offers you through him. He offers you a new home in heaven. The second thing he covers here, in verse 4, it says, Who redeems your life from the pit. So there's redemption. Christ offers us redemption. Anybody ever collect baseball cards as a kid? Not very many of us anymore. Okay. I did. I did. I, I sent the, uh, the media team some pictures. I'd like them to put up real quick. My uncle, when I was a kid, he gave me a shoebox full of baseball cards from the 1950s. And I, I was probably Hunter's age when I started going through them. And I found that That's the first one. I had a whole bunch of Mickey Mantles and Willie Mazes. And one of those at the top is Roger Maris. That's his rookie card. There should be another one. You got another picture? All right. The bottom left, that's a a Mickey Mantle. They call it the Mickey Mantle ghost card because there's a, a, a maintenance ground worker. When Topps took the photo, he got in the background of the photo, and Topps tried to take him out, but they couldn't, so you still see his figure. And it's called the Mantle Ghost Card because they say it's Babe Ruth's ghost. It's not. It's actually just a maintenance worker. Uh, the, other one, the other one at the top is a 1956 Mickey Mantle uh, Tops. And, my, and, and I, in order to find out how much they're worth, they can anywhere be any worth for a couple of hundred dollars all the way up to $100,000 dollars. Uh, But you have to send them off to get them graded. Well, I've never done that. And I've talked to some professionals. They're like, you need to get them graded. Well, I don't know. They're just in my safety deposit box uh, at the bank. But I say all that, and I tell you all that, because I used to collect those when I was a kid, and I took care of those. Anybody know what a Beckett is? If you're a card collector, you know what a Beckett is. What's a Beckett? Price guide. Every month, when I was a kid, we'd get a Beckett. Not every month, but every few months. And you go through that price guide, and I could look up a lot of those cards and see what they were worth. And, and, and any, any baseball card collector or basketball card collector, now Beckett's mainly online. But it's a price guide, and it tells you what you're worth. Now, how does that transition to this? Because a lot of people struggle in their life with what they're worth. And they value their life and their sense of worth on things just aren't going to stack up. They aren't going to last. They value their personal worth on how big of a house I can get. How big of a truck can I get? How many vehicles can I own? What kind of position can I have in life? And they start to value themselves against things uh, that the world says are important. And, and, And when they look around, they think, well, I'm not worth very much compared to somebody else. But that's not, so they they have their own, the world has its own becket almost. Where it can open and assess your value on what you're worth materially. Or how good looking physically you are. Or whatever the world says your value is, it has categories. You know how God values us? God values us in a completely different way. We can judge our value that God puts on us by the price that Jesus paid for us on the cross. For his redemption. In, in the depths of what he had to do in order to redeem us. If we, we are under a death sentence. Before we're in Christ, our sin has put us under a death sentence. But he redeemed us from that awful sentence. I can't pay anything of that sentence. There's, there's the old hymn that goes, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin has left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Our punishment should be eternal separation from God. Those, those, these verses, Matthew 13, uh, 50, and, and Luke chapter 16, which I talked this morning about in New Member Class, our new member class, it talks about our punishment. What our punishment should be because we violated God's word. And that's eternal separation from God in hell. But not only. Not only does God redeem our souls from hell, but he also redeems our life consistently all the time from the clutches of Satan. Satan is bent on attacking you, destroying your life, destroying your family. I mean, you can't see Satan, if we can't see that Satan's not after people right now. Look at our society. Look at our society. We just legalized marijuana in Missouri. I thought we're supposed to be a conservative state. What are we doing? We just legalize that. Look at the number of divorces that happen in the church. Look at the split families. Our communities are filled with people that their lives are being destroyed by the enemy. Jesus redeemed us. He redeemed us. The price that he paid for you, your worth, is found in Christ. He died. The creator of the universe Loves you so much that he died for you. That's your worth. We need to stop church and communities and everybody. You can't, put, you can't find your worth in stuff of this world. You have to find your worth in Christ. Matthew 7.13 says, Enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. But listen to what the psalmist says in in chapter 40, Psalms 42 and 3. It says, he brought me out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay. And he set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. What did God do for you? He took you out of the pit and despair of sin and death. And he redeemed you. He paid the price, the ultimate price on the cross for us, and he redeemed us. He redeemed you. He set you on the rock of Christ. He changed you, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. What happens when he changes us? Well, now, when he changes your inside, now what comes out of you is different. Your words are different. You are different. And because of that, what happens? What does it say in in, in verse 3, in Psalms 40, verse 3? Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. Because you're different, many will see and trust in the Lord in what God's done in your life. I love I love it when when John Stroop at at Freeway headquarters or just the Marshville Freeway page. I'm not sure who's running the Marshville Freeway page now. It's probably Mike Simons, but I love it when he puts before and after pictures on that page of this is what I looked like when I was struggling with drugs and alcohol, and this is what I look like in Christ. You know, every one of us have that picture. Our outward may not change, but if you can look at our hearts, brothers and sisters, you see that we're different. And what comes out of us is different than a lost and dying world. It's different. We're changed. And what happens? Many will see. They observe you. I want to ask you a very serious question. This is a very serious question on this point. Are people, I think we need to ask ourselves this all the time. Are people coming to know Jesus? Based upon the way you are living your life. Are you living a life that your actions are shouting to the world, I love Christ. I love Jesus. Is that what they see in your life? In your actions? Colossians 3, chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. I'm not going to read all of them for the sake of time this morning. But I want you to highlight that. Colossians 3, 1 through 17. You know, what? one of the verses he says in there, it talks about putting on the new self. That's one of the things he says, is you're putting on the new self. I'm thankful today and every day for the redeeming blood of Christ that saved us, that redeemed us. And out of gratitude, what should I want to do? Put on the new self. Be the new follower of Christ every single day that people see that and go, what's different about him? I love, he's not in, I guess he's, there he is, Jody's here this morning. One of the the best compliments I think any of our church members could ever get. Jody's gotten several times in this church from guys that are in the construction industry. If you've ever, I've never worked in construction because you wouldn't want me to build your house. Trust me, okay. Uh, it It would not be square. It would not go well. But in the construction industry, guys have pretty filthy mouths, don't they? And and there's some pretty nasty talk that goes on and people, how they carry themselves. It's just, it can be a rough industry. I've had numerous people come up to me. Some of them are members of this church today and said, you know why we're here? Because Jody, he's totally different around the construction site. And And we literally had to walk up to him and ask him, what's up with you, dude? Like, what's different about you? And that made a way for him to share the gospel. That he was different. That's a compliment. Guys, that should be every one of our lives, in our workplaces, in our homes, in how we interact with our families. Because we're redeemed by Christ, we are a new person. We're putting on the new self, that redeeming blood. All right, here's the third thing. Third thing, back in Psalms 103, verse 3. It says, Who heals all our diseases... Now, when you first start to consider this passage, it's kind of reluctant to use it. Honestly, you're kind of reluctant because it's not the fact that God God doesn't heal everyone that has an incurable disease. He just doesn't. I believe the Holy Spirit can help us to see some important truths, though. Uh, And I don't want to skate around this. The first one is all healing is divine healing. And all recovery from sickness, from injury, is the result... Of God and the healing properties that God has built into our bodies. Sometimes it's our own natural immunity. I I don't know if you've done any studying on your natural immune system. But God has built an amazing thing in our created in our bodies to fight illnesses. I mean, I've had a cold all week. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I probably won't shake hands today. I've I've struggled with a cold all week. God builds a natural immunity into your body to fight stuff off. I don't know if you've ever heard of... of, um, Uh, Like tribes in in Brazil, Uh, there are certain tribes that still have not been reached by people. And what happens is if if, if they're isolated, just their community... Well, it, it kind of happened to the Native Americans when the pilgrims came. A lot of them got very, very sick because they did not have antibodies. They didn't have the immunity built up that could fight stuff. So, like, to, to fight illnesses. So, like, when little kids are playing in the dirt, and like, I remember when I was a kid, Dad would make us bologna sandwiches for lunch, and we had grease all over our hands, and we'd just eat them. It kind of builds up a natural immunity. I'm not saying eat grease, but it's just a natural thing. If your kids play outside barefooted or all dirty, don't worry about it. They're, they're building up a little bit of a natural immunity. Uh, but God does that. So it, all the healing properties, the medicine. some He had to inspire somebody to make medicine. Surgery and therapy are merely extensions of God's healing ministry. God uses people's gifts to, to bring about healing. Also verse uh, this verse doesn't say that it doesn't say that God heals everyone everyone's diseases but that he heals all diseases. So what does that mean? There's no disease or sickness that lies beyond his healing power. Even what we would call incurable, he could cure because he's the great physician. But the main truth that he's speaking here is he's talking about the healing of what? Our souls. Our souls. Because that's the most important healing that can happen, is our souls. Verse 1. What does verse 1 in the passage say? Bless the Lord, O my soul. He said, who heals all your diseases. So what's the disease of the soul? This is the one that we should be talking about. All of us, unfortunately, are going to get sick with something one day. Now, that may, It may not kill us, but all of us are going to go through times of sickness where we don't feel good and we're... And ultimately, it may be a disease or a sickness that, that, that you die from. Right? It, it might be. But the disease of the soul is a virus of what? Sin. Sin. Jesus identified the virus and the symptoms in Matthew 15, 19 through 20. And, and the disorders that happen because of it. He says, For the out of the heart come evil thought, murder... Adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. That's the evil. That's the virus. It's sin. It's evil. Before we received Christ as our Lord and Savior, the master of our life, we had a disease that didn't have an earthly cure. It didn't matter what we tried to do. Show up to church. Be a really good person. Support charities. We still would have the disease of sin. And there's no earthly cure. Just as some disorders of the body can be cured by medicines and surgery, you can get over them. The soul of man can be cleansed and healed and made whole when the Holy Spirit comes in and possesses us. The Holy Spirit comes in we become followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2.24 says, And He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by His wounds you were healed. Healed. You are healed from the virus of sin when you get down on your knees and confess your sins to God. Repent of your sins by turning back to God and professing Him as your Lord and Savior. Professing is something that is seen We are healed so we can live to righteousness. Now think about this. How how unloving would it be if you went to a doctor? In fact, they'd probably charge the doctor. If you were sick, if you were sick and you went to the doctor and the doctor knew what could make you better. He could give you some medicine that could make you better. But he didn't do it. He looked at the lab results and he saw they're really sick. They're not going to make it six months unless I prescribe this medicine. But he looks at you and he says, Oh, you're doing great today. Have a happy holiday. The weather's beautiful outside, isn't it? Sunny today, a little cold, but perfect to go deer hunting. Let's talk about the weather. You have a great day. I'll see you next year. He'd, he'd probably get charged with murder if he did that. I mean, he should be, right? How hateful would that be? How hateful. And murderous is it of us when we know we have people in our lives that have an incurable, earthly, an incurable disease. You can't cure it by the earth. And and it's going to cost them eternity one day. But we have the answer. We have the cure. It's Christ. How unloving would it be if I don't share that? If I don't share that, I don't love people, I hate them. Let me say, you know, you get around the holidays, you get around Thanksgiving, you get around Christmas. There's two things they say to never talk about it: Thanksgiving dinner, right? Well, you can't talk about politics. <laughs> you better be talking about politics with your family and friends, or we're not going to have a country left. It better be a conversation that's on your lips. It better be something you're talking to people about and why it's important. Well, you can't talk about a religion, you better be talking about what you believe in Christ or you're not going to have your family in heaven. Those are things you have to talk about. Those aren't options. For followers of Christ, those are not options. We have the cure. The cure is Christ Jesus. He can heal anybody. Anybody. Last thing, satisfaction and renewal, verse 5. Who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like an eagle. Reminds me of the words of Jesus given on the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. It's kind of a paradox here. We're satisfied but never satisfied. Think about it. How many of you are going to make homemade pumpkin pie this week? Man, it's good. Or homemade apple pie with ice cream on it, right? Hopefully, you guys bring some stuffing tonight. One little spoonful of stuffing. I'm not going to be satisfied. I don't want a big old plate of stuffing, right? One piece of hot apple pie or one little bite of hot apple pie. It's the same thing with righteousness. Now that everyone's hungry, we're going to dismiss and go eat lunch, okay? It's the same thing with righteousness. We're filled with Christ. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit. And the filling is so sweet and so rich. But what do you want? You want more. You want more. So what do we start to do? We start to seek God's righteousness. And what does he do? He grants it. Psalm 107.9 says, He has satisfied the thirsty soul and the hungry soul. He has filled with what is good. When we as believers draw from the resources of the Lord Jesus, when we draw from the resources of his word, we've been talking about God's word, the sword of the spirit, reading his word, studying his word, having an impact, being what? Doers and not hearers only. We've been talking a lot about that. When we apply it in our life, what starts to happen? We become more fragrant, more beautiful in Christ. Our physical body, outside may not be more beautiful, but inside we are. And how we talk to people changes. We become more loving towards one another. You become more Christ-like. And you're growing as the days and years go by. But here, that's not the end of this. It also says that God will renew my youth like the eagles. What's an, what's an eagle known for? I don't know if you guys have seen a lot more. How many of you have seen more bald eagles anymore? I mean, see, we had one up at the farm when we were hunting. There's like a lot more bald eagles coming around than are used to. They're beautiful. They're known for size, strength, and longevity. It's also known for their annual molting. It's, this is a result of living fulfilled, satisfied spiritual life. I'm constantly being renewed, refreshed, revived in my soul. Constantly growing. The old is falling off. The new is coming in. And who's doing it all? The Holy Spirit. God's doing all of it. I have a desire. I have a desire to grow. You have a desire. You have a thirst for God. And he's changing you all the time. That's why the psalmist, that's why David opened with what? Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. So as we think about this time this week, and you sit down for Thanksgiving meal Thursday... Even tonight at this church, there's going to be an opportunity tonight where I'm going to have the mic up here. And I'm going to ask you what you're thankful for. We need to think about it today. Think about what you're thankful for. Many times, myself included, we only complain about what we don't have. We should take time, not just on Thanksgiving, but all the time, and be thankful for what the Lord Jesus has done in our life. Take time to thank God for blessings that he's given you. Forgiveness. He's forgiven you from every horrible thing you've done in your life, brothers and sisters. All, all the sins gone. He's redeemed you. He's healed you. He's healed your sin problem, your sin disease. And now he's satisfied you. You're satisfied. You know, there's this old cliche that people, and, and it really it's a cliche, but it's really not either. That you've heard people say, we have a giant hole in your life that people try to fill. I usually don't like saying that, but it is really true. Because people can get caught up in cliches and not understand what they mean. All of us have a problem at one time in our life, and it's sin. And it's a void, a void in our life that we don't understand, and and we try to fill it with so much junk. We try to fill it with stuff of the world. And it's never enough. Never have enough. The only thing that brings true satisfaction, true joy in your life is Christ. Because you know that's the only thing that's not going to change. He doesn't change. He says, he says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. We're all going to keep getting older. It's going to happen. We're going to keep changing. God doesn't change. He keeps us steadfast and grounded. And we have satisfaction and renewal in him. I pray that this week you take time to thank the Lord for what he's done for you. And you think about today what you can talk about tonight. I'll, it's going to be an open mic. It's going to be quick. I mean, we're not going to have enough time for each person to take 15 minutes. But I want you to be able to tell the church what you're thankful for. And, and why you're um, satisfied and renewed in Christ. I'm going to have an invitation this morning. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. Maybe you're here this morning today and you don't know Christ is your Savior. I pray today is the day that you realize you have a very, very bad disease. And it's a death sentence. But there's a cure. And the cure is Christ. For my brothers and sisters here today, I pray that people around us are coming to faith in Christ based on how we live our lives out in our community. I also pray if you're here today and you're trying to find value Your Beckett is a Beckett of the world. Never going to match up. The worth that you have as an individual is found in Christ. That's where you have to find your worth. And I pray for satisfaction and renewal. I pray that we're a church that isn't afraid to have tough conversations this holiday weekend. You know, what, you know what Scripture says about this? I want to talk about this real quick. I'm going to turn it over then them for an invitation. Jesus causes division. He causes division in families. Being a follower of Christ can cause division. can. That's why he puts such a high priority on your relationships in here. He does. When you're living out your faith, there's going to be people that just don't like you. They're going to say you're intolerant. We're going to call you all sorts of names. Hey, it's okay. Jesus says, they hated me, they're going to hate you. Be ready to have those conversations. Be ready to talk about those things. We have to. We have to. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. If you need me to pray for you, I will. If you've got something going on in your life, I'll pray for you. If you need to come this morning, you can. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning for your word. I thank you for this church and my brothers and sisters here, Lord. and. Thank you for all the hard work that's been put into tonight. I'm looking forward to a fellowship tonight and, and to be able to share what we're thankful for tonight. And uh, Lord, I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful that, uh, Lord, I fail all the time and, and you, don't, you don't cast me away. You don't give up. You just love me and forgive me. Lord, I'm thankful for this body of believers. So much to be thankful for, Lord. I pray for our country. Pray for the decisions that our neighbors are making. Maybe people in the church are making, this aren't scriptural, they're not biblical. I pray, Lord, that we have a great revival this coming year in our country, that people turn to you, see that you're the only way. Lord, if, if, if not, I pray for your people that are going to be um, met with judgment. Pray that, I pray that judgment's brought down, and, and Lord, we persevere and just stand true for the gospel. In all things, God, I love you and I thank you in your name I pray. Amen.
0: Thank you.
1: Thank you, guys. All right, here's the benediction today. I, I'm going to ask Alan Greenfield, would you uh, shake hands today for me, please? I, my, my throat's kind of, Alan's like, Ugh. thanks, Alan. Uh, I don't want to get anybody sick. Psalms 100, 1 through 5 is a benediction. Psalms 100, 1 through 5. It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And his faithfulness to all generations. That's some exciting stuff to be thankful for. My prayer is folks, is that when we leave here today, we won't be coming back Wednesday, but you're going to have some time Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'm sure, to spend with family. I'm sure you're going to interact with some people who don't know Christ as their Savior. My prayer is that your light is shining so bright for Christ that they wonder, what in the world has happened to my relative since the last time I saw him? And that opens some conversations. About the Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus I thank you uh, God again. For the opportunity to be here with my brothers and sisters today. Uh, Lord there's so many things to be thankful for. The most important on that list. Is you. Because you died for us. And without you we are lost. We're lost and we're dead in our sins. So Lord I pray. That we remember you this week. And that everything we have is good and perfect. And comes from you. It comes from you. God I love you. Bring us back here tonight to fellowship with one another uh, and to eat. And, Lord, we just thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, If you would, they would like you to stack the chairs uh, by fives on top of one another so they can start setting up for tonight. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.